yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, boy, I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And man, yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU sports lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention. Boy. Boy. In the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, with the Texas, Texas Radio Hall of Fame, Multi Hall of Fame, Ralph Cooper, the beautiful Hall of Texas University from Houston, Texas. With that being said, Charles, how you doing today? Doing well, Doc. I had the good pleasure of presenting again this morning to the students of the Bowie State. I want to say a shout out in terms of bringing the research prime this morning, so had an opportunity to talk to your class, very good, enlightening conversation, so I enjoyed doing that, and uh, shout out to my own class as well, she'll be tuning in about three, two, one today, so. <laughs> nice, nice, nice job. With that being said, let me shout out to those students out from Wilton State, Texas University. Uh, you, you were talking talk to them earlier, the ones that have joined us tonight. Great to have you. Today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THC LLC. THC is a company that provides sporting and education consulting and data analytics. Let me not take this opportunity to shout out Mel, Power to the Women, and she's in the backdrop doing the production to get this right and heavy. I had a chance to take a trip to Las Vegas. That's always a good thing in a lot of ways to go to Las Vegas, but this was for NAB, broadcast uh, engineering industry um, side of things. You know, while obviously I'm getting used to being in front of the camera from a, you know, a hosting perspective, I've done the research as you would, sport management perspective, sport studies perspective, uh, and joint with sports communication. But it was a new world for me to get into this broadcast engineering with the group that I'm working with and doing some consulting with, AZA uh, Communications, as they get it done at uh, AZA Company, I should say, uh, as they do production and you have brothers that are on engineers uh, that have went into the production side of this and they have done everything that you can think of from those that you're poor, probably more familiar with on the branding side uh, in terms of CNN, uh, politics, both Republican and uh, Democrat convention, uh, ESPN, 
uh, sports, TNT. They've done all that work behind the camera, the wiring, production, engineering, everything that you need to do, the trucks. They're all familiar with that. And so, boy, you talking about head spinning and getting inside mm. to it. So I want to shot this out in terms of what that looks like. You, you think you know something until you don't. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. That's good to hear. That's good so to hear. Want, yeah. I want to take a little privilege and give a shout out to, to Mel for doing us a solid. And then just to those gentlemen, Stephen, uh, to name some of them in terms of Bill, uh, Z out there getting it done in so many different ways in terms of what that looks like. So shout out to all of the gentlemen involved, Chris, as he does a lot of the consulting paperwork on the backside uh, in terms of what goes on uh, for all those involved, as well as Kenny, one of our frat brothers. Uh, so I got a chance to kick it with him a little bit too. So it was a good, good, strong weekend. With that being said, let's get back into the sporting side of things. Uh, what's on your mind? I know we kicked off things in terms of a huge weekend in spring football. It looked like everybody decided to have a party on the same day. Yeah. Uh, it seems like everything went well. People were excited, had fun, which is always a good thing to happen. And progress was made. We'll see just how much mm -hmm. we certainly get into the fall when things re get real. But uh, lining up before that in terms of fall practice, summer practice, whatever you want to call it, uh, when it gets live again. What are your thoughts in general, Charles? Yeah, you know, Hope Springs Eternal, of course, in spring football. So uh, a lot of uh, festivities and activities uh, this past weekend. I think Jackson State had their spring game. Texas Southern had their spring game. Mississippi Valley had their spring game. Gremlins is this upcoming weekend. So uh, you get an opportunity to roll out some names that you had not seen or you get to uh, know or get to learn some uh, new faces, if you will, that uh, should be in the mix this upcoming fall. And then, uh, you know, you, they're – it's the post-spring analysis thing that sort of happens because not only do you have guys that play, but some guys sort of make that decision after the spring game whether uh, this program is for them or not. So you have uh, a little uh, churning, if you will, that happens after the spring game. So it's very interesting to sit back and watch. Good stuff, good stuff. Back to the ping of the bat, if you would. Baseball is the time of year, softball, some track as well. On the baseball side of things, guess who is getting <laughs> some top 25 votes? Yeah. You hear about that? But Thorne received playing some good ball. top 25 votes, first time since 2017. Kudos to Bethune, Cookman, Wildcats. Everybody wanted to bear them last year in baseball, but it looks like they're live and well as they're in the heat of a race and playing some very good baseball and getting some recognition. Uh, in terms of those that think just how strong they may be as they actually get votes in the top 25. So that's significant. Remember in 2017, when they ended the season, they ranked all the way up to basically 30. Uh, obviously the top 25, but if you count it down with it, they were uh, at 30. So significant to see that they're getting votes. Be interesting to see how the end of the season and second half of the baseball race goes because it'll be interesting with that. But what else, what else is on your mind in terms of some big news out there? I know in the middle of the squack, men's and women's golf, and uh, somebody that is a golfer like yourself, I'm sure you're sneaking in there watching things. What what do you got for us? Oh, very much so. But before I get to golf, I wanted to mention uh, big mega camp that's going to be happening at Prairie View uh, in terms of uh, big uh, 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 mega camp in terms of uh, Coach Prime coming back to the SWAC. They'll have a 
a big camp uh, June 1st, I believe, at Prairie View, uh, where a lot of different schools will be represented. So uh, that made uh, big news today while we were still talking about uh, spring football. So now, you know, attention turns towards uh, uh, the camps that will be happening towards the summer and things of that nature. So definitely want to put that out there with regards to that big mega camp happening at Prairie View. Yeah, that, that should be fascinating. I see you Bramlin State, Alcorn State will be involved uh, along with some other historically white colleges. Yeah. Including Georgia Tech at the uh, um, Power Five, if you would, in terms of uh, ACC. Fascinating. I think it was some 20-some schools, at least 50. Yeah. A lot yeah. of schools involved in that. So it should be a lot of students there. Uh, anytime I think you get a chance to see the facilities, Prairie View for young men that I oftentimes wouldn't recognize what Prairie has been able to do specifically so. in terms of ability growth, uh, where it was just 10 years ago, I think is a significant opportunity. So it would be fascinating to see how do you make that moves. Uh, sure, Coach Bubba, uh, McDowell is excited with this opportunity, um, continue to push this program forward. So I'll be watching on, with the one eye to kind of see what this means as things move down after people forget about it. Uh, what may come out of it as those individuals, particularly in this day and age with the transfer portal. And yes, just talked about at the end of this camp, a lot of folks are going to start making moves. I think you even heard a couple of them as early as today. Uh, player transferred, not a Southern in terms yeah. of that. And you'll start seeing these popping up. A couple out of Jack, uh, uh, running back out of Jackson State. Sibion Wilkerson, yeah. Uh, Wilkerson, yeah, in terms of what that was. So it'll be fascinating to see what this looks like, where these guys go, where they stay in the HBC realm or where they take um, their opportunity elsewhere. So fascinating to see what this means, particularly when we get into the race. Obviously, July, we'll get a chance to get in a little more depth and talk about it and get everybody lather if it yeah. needs to be done. But we'll do that in terms of what that looks like. So great breakdown. Go ahead. Let me talk back to you. Make sure you get yeah. in the so You never let me let it down. And let's talk a little bit about it. Uh, the Swag Golf Championships are taking place uh, in Jackson, Mississippi at the Refuge Golf Course. And I will say, Doc, uh, that course has humbled me in many a day, but uh, they're having a Swag Championship uh, golf tournament there, uh, over there uh, in Jackson. And uh, day one recap, Texas Southern Lady Tigers, they finished uh, day one of the 2023 Swag Women's Golf Championship in first place. They've updated the scores uh, today, I think, uh, a preview is up uh, on, um, I'm sorry, Texas Southern is on top of preview by 24 strokes right now. Uh, so they've uh, widened that lead from the first day. I believe the first day they were up 11 strokes, but now they've widened that lead out. Second day that normally happens as, uh, you know, golfers get a little more acclimated to the course and things of that nature, get used to the green speed. So uh, preview, I'm sorry, Texas Southern is leading on the women's side. And on the men's side, Arkansas Pine Bluff, uh, they are playing lights out golf. They are minus four as of yesterday. So uh, we'll wait and see uh, where they come in today uh, as I'm sure they're still out there on the course and we'll see uh, whether they are able to increase their lead today. They're on top of Florida A&M by some uh, 13 strokes after day one. How significant is that type of lead at the college level and what you've seen over the years in the SWAC? For folks that may not be in depth with golf, or for those that are, uh, but they're either used to watching professionals or what they're doing on at the college level, specific for the SWAC, how significant is a 11 stroke or you know, 18 stroke lead uh, after day two? 
in day one in terms of what we may see today coming in for the men's yeah, side versus the women. From what I've seen, it's like that that day one, and if you really uh, take control of the golf championship, if you will, on day one, it becomes a boat race, uh, and then you can kind of ride your, you know, your your best golfers. You know, they you know they're going back out there on, on day two, and they've gotten a little more acclimated to the course, they've gotten a little more acclimated to the green speeds, and they normally do better day two, day three. So sometimes you see mm -hmm. that 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 uh, that that wide uh, that, that lead uh, widen. Uh, in day two, day three, but I, I've seen it where you've you've had uh, teams uh, they click in some type of way on day two, and they start eating into that lead. I think uh, uh, there was one uh, year in particular, Jackson State women's golf, uh, when Jackson State had a, a women's golf program that they ate into a lead and they were able to catch uh, the team on on day three. So uh, you never know uh, these things. Uh, uh, I've seen lately where it becomes a boat race after day one, but you've seen it happen uh, uh, in, in, in in years prior where a team gets hot in day two and, you know, they get that rah-rah speech and they're ready to go out there and, and do business on day two and day three. Good stuff. Good stuff when you break it down like that. So you don't see a lot of comebacks, golf, at least in the swag, once a team gets out there, especially if it's a, a significant type lead multiple strokes, you don't tend to see a team saying, all right, one kind of falling back and the team able to yeah. focus. It's tough, especially that golf course. Refuge uh, is a golf course mm -hmm. that has a lot of uh, water and a, a lot of uh, uh, very interesting places on the green where if you hit you know, hit the green, it'll, it'll roll off. So, and I'm sure the, the green speeds have been adjusted for uh, tournament play. So that's going to be very interesting to see. But uh, particularly when you talk about teams trying to get into some shot making, uh, there it could be some issues that might happen from there. And uh, they could very easily uh, fall back to the wayside in terms of trying to catch a team. Good stuff. Good stuff. Let me give you this update here and then we'll see what else you want to bring in. Uh, as we might need to change the subject as we get into it. Uh, MIAC announces new hiring staff. I thought this was kind of fascinating uh, as they continue to move forward. Media Eastern, uh, Sonia Steele's announced on Tuesday the introduction of uh, two new staff members and the elevation of two others as the 2023 academic year uh, progresses and conferences move forward. Dr. Zanetta Ivy Bailey has been hired as the Associate Commissioner for Administration and Compliance while Deborah Davis, who was no long, uh, no stranger, I should say, to the MEAC, has been brought in board full-time as the senior director of account. Got to make sure the money right. In addition, Nakia has been elevated from administrative assistant to director of administrative service and logistics, while Ohian Gaston, previously special assistant to the commission, is now the director of administrative services in eSports coordinator. As they double down on esports and what I saw them do, I told you at the uh, men's and women's MEAC uh, basketball tournament, uh, they were all in. It seemed like it was significant. This seems like more uh, support in regards to figuring out how they're going to make that work. Bailey comes to the MEAC with over 20 years of experience coordinating student athletes, academic support offices, compliance departments, and managing full time academic coordinators. Uh, interns and graduating assistants. She was previously the director of compliance at the University of Memphis. And before that, she was assistant athletic director of academics at Howard University. Davis, who had previously served as the business manager for conference office, will oversee the MEACs, overall accounting and auditing operations and practices. Hill and Gaston will be responsible for the day-to-day -day operations 
of the MEAC office while Gaston will, will now serve as the conference office's main contact for eSports. Interesting to see what that looks like. Any thoughts on that in terms of the hires, particularly that eSports seems a little fascinating to me. Oh, no doubt eSports is fascinating, but I think for me, uh, uh, you get a, a little bit more of an understanding of the day-to-day -day operations of, of these conferences, especially uh, with regards to the positions. And, and, and you know, there's so much that goes on to uh, the day-to-day -day operations and putting on championships for uh, these student athletes, but it's good to see uh, the various positions uh, be highlight, highlight in terms of uh, who's getting what within the conference offices and things of that nature. So, I, I, you know, I like to see, you know, who, who is uh, sort of the, uh, the, 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 the engine behind the car, if you will. So it's good to have those people recognized. Cool, cool. Good stuff, good stuff. With that being said, any additional updates you want to get before we transit, transition a little bit of softball? I want to give you some updates on softball and get your thoughts on that. We'll really get into baseball, but I uh, want to make sure we give some love to the women as they are <clears throat> playing some fascinating uh, softball, if you would, on the dirt, getting it done. Uh, what else you wanted to bring to the table of news of the day? Yeah, let's take a look at SWAC softball. Uh, weekly honors, the SWAC uh, has tabbed Texas Southern's Madison Griggs and Purdue's Jericho Rojas uh, for their SWAC softball weekly honors for their outstanding performances this past week. Let's take a look at the hitter of the week, uh, which was uh, Madison Griggs. She produced seven RBIs in four games this past week against all corn and Southern. She also tallied seven hits in addition to scoring three runs during those contests while contributing a batting average of a gaudy 500, Dr. Cavill. And the pitcher of the week is Jericho Rojas. She went the distance during a 3-0 Prairie View shutout victory over Grambling this past weekend. She allowed only one hit while walking two and striking out seven batters. So those were your hitter and pitcher of the week on Swag Softball. Perfect, perfect timing with that. Let's take our first break. As we'll come back on the other side, and I tease you a little bit about softball, we will promise to give you some softball. Uh, make sure y'all get mad at us, and then we'll take a deeper dive into the baseball across the landscape, uh, a space, a uh, non-conference, and then we'll get in really hot and heavy on the swag side. Stick with us after this first break. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thins reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This Padwick's gush is 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Full, but we Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. So we've got a good 
Mangos Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mangoes Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna lock, yeah, and who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Charles, I want to give you a little bit of baseball update. I know you, you know, you have your concerns of what's going on in the NEC, <laughs> but it wouldn't be right if we didn't at least give a quick update. We get a chance to give you a deeper dive. So just listen to the upscores, uh, the updates, I should say, which will have the scores. And you're right, it c- continues not to be quite as good as things could be when we talk about the former MEAC teams, HBCU programs in the NEC. First off, uh, we had Norfolk State. They lost um, a, a game, if you would, on Friday in terms of uh, to Longwood as they continue to struggle this season. It's just been one of those things. It's been tough in a lot of ways uh, of what that looks like. But more to that, you had a chance for um, Norfolk and Delaware State uh, to get it done. And so, obviously, one of the HBC programs were going to get a win there. In this case, it was mm-hmm. Delaware State uh, shutting out Norfolk State 2-0 in that case. So, that was a good thing for them. You, Maryland, Eastern Shore, as they kind of bounced back and played some good baseball, they had a tough uh, Friday session with Wagner where they lost 8-3. to uh, Coppin lost to Stonehill 11-6 to mm-hmm. in their mm-hmm. opening games on Friday in terms of giving those updates of what they look like. And then you turn the chapter to Saturday to see if some – Teams can get back into it, and what would happen uh, in that matchup? Maryland Eastern Shore bounces back and gets a six-three win over Wagner, which is big. Common State bounces back and check this out: they get their win on over Stonehill nine to five. In terms of what looks like there, and then so Sunday, uh, you have the final matchup of the three uh, to see who would get it done. Can these teams get the two out of three? Uh, start out with the Delaware State and Norfolk State, as they actually play two on Sunday, Delaware State uh, wins the first one over Norfolk State 11-6, to six, uh, and then they actually bring out the brooms as they win a close one over Norfolk 8-7 to seven in terms of what that looks like. Maryland Eastern Shore takes two out of three uh, from Wagner as they win the final game 7-1, to one, mm-hmm. and Cobbin State cannot get it done as Stonehill does take two out of three from Cobbin State as they fall four to one in that matchup to give you uh, what is taking place there. So fascinating to see uh, what continues to go on in the Northeast Northeast Conference. Uh, Maryland Shore has now jumped up to the sixth spot at nine and nine in the conference. Behind them is Cobbin State at five and ten. So Maryland, Eastern Shore continues to be the classes. They win two straight games, more importantly, taking two out of three in terms of that matchup there uh, in terms of what that looks like. In regards to the Colonial with A&T, as they get back into action, give you a chance to give you an update of what took place in the Colonial, specifically looking 
for what A&T was able to do uh, in terms of those matchups is they sit overall in the Colonial uh, losing, as I should say, three straight games in that matchup. So they fall to six and 10. So it was a tough weekend for A&T in terms of what they were able to do in the conference race. And they continued the struggle. They were kind of sitting a little bit in the middle of the road, uh, but it's getting a little long in the tooth. They played Delaware. They lost the first game eight to seven. Uh, close one there. They follow up on Saturday and lost another heartbreaker there as it was close four to three. And then they get pounded, if you would, uh, 11 to four in terms of their last loss there. Uh, in terms of that matchup. Uh, any thoughts just in terms of the independent program, uh, what that looks like? Yeah, I'll, your, I'll be your, your it, interesting to see uh, who gets votes, at least, uh, in the Black College Nines uh, uh, top 10 in terms of large programs uh, this upcoming week. I know we'll put in our ballots this, uh, today was the deadline for that, but uh, just to see where uh, if there's any forward momentum for teams like a Delaware State or a Coppin State or even a Maryland Eastern Shore. Maryland Eastern Shore, a great weekend of taking two or three uh, from their opponent. But, uh, you know, when you take a look at the top 10 teams uh, in the Black College Nines, uh, top 10 ranking, it's littered with SWAC teams now. So it's uh, interesting to see uh, what uh, those teams over there on the, the Eastern Seaboard, if they can um, get some votes and maneuver themselves into the top 10. Yeah, it'll be fascinating. It looks tough for AT. Can they kind of bounce back and give some more momentum? But Maryland, Ethan Shore is playing some pretty good baseball. It looks like they're going to be able to get in. It'll be interesting to see if they can, you know, get a little bit of that magic in the tournament as things kind of shake out. Uh, but with that being said, let's get into the SWAC. Uh, we'll start in terms of what's going on in terms of those Friday matchups. Uh, give you some updates on what that looks like. Uh, FAMU uh, defeats Alabama A&M 6-3. Uh, Bethune-Cookman, we talked about getting those votes. They pound Mississippi Valley 13-2. Uh, and then you have Alabama State, Jackson State, turned in one of those games uh, where it just got ugly. It looked like a football score, 24-7. to Three touchdowns and, uh, in the field goal. <sighs> <laughs> Not much to say on that one. But uh, with that being said, uh, on the west side, you had another surprise. Some people was not necessarily that Southern won, but the fact that they basically 10 run rule Southern as it was 11 to 1 in that matchup. Gramlin does what they're supposed to do in a lot of ways against Alcorn, or maybe even more so. They put up one of those football scores to 17 uh, as they shut out the Braves 17 to 0. Prairie View gets two touchdowns of themselves. Is this is the refrain on this Friday? Is they defeat Arkansas Pine Bluff 14 to 1 in terms of what looks like there. Let's get into Saturday, give you these updates while we're here uh, on these scores, and then we'll come in and get you a little bit about to break these down in the next segment. But let's just give folks an update uh, as we get into it so they understand what direction you're going when you break this down. On Saturday, Bethune Cookman pounds Mississippi Valley 19 to 7. Uh, FAMU pounds Alabama a and 16-7. So you see some of these crooked letter scores as teams are really uh, str struggling a bit, if you would. Um, as you talked about earlier about the pitching, Prairie View pounds Pine Bluff 13-2. And then Gramlin gets a 10-4 victory over 
of the Braves in terms of what is taking place. Uh, with the top teams playing the bottom teams, you didn't have many of the lineups other than Texas Southern and Southern, as you said, match into that. Um, so that was fascinating when you say what goes on there. With that being said, the tough news of the day is the Southern, Texas Southern games, they pushed those to Sunday to see if they could get them in. They were canceled and rained out. So Southern has had a couple of games canceled this year. That's three overall that they're in the hole, one against Purview. Remember, they were able to make up two of those games on Tuesday last week as uh, we got into the show. Uh, but these two games against Texas Southern were counseled. So that's three games that there's a difference. So it'll be interesting how they played out. Let so me no Tuesday make up? And then I know you got a question. We'll, we'll answer that. Okay. Prairie View uh, was uh, defeated Pine Bluff 12 to 4. So brought out the room, a sweep there. Alabama State gets the sweep, but it's a close one in this matchup. They just get past Jackson State six to five. Uh, Grambling Alcorn was postponed, so you didn't get to finish that one. So a hole in there. FAMU uh, gets the sweep out of Alabama AM, winning 18 to seven in that matchup. But the Cookman sweeps Valley, but it is a close one in that Sunday matchup. It goes 11 innings, so they need the extra innings uh, to get that done as they defeat Valley six to three. Alabama State does get by Jackson to sweep them uh, in terms of the doubleheader that day, six to one, uh, in terms of those matchups. What were you going to say there, Charles? Uh, so I was curious. There was no, there's no Tuesday makeup between Southern and Texas Southern. No, that is something that the coaches often will get together and decide. I think that was okay. something that Prairie View and Southern decide to do probably I'm sorry, a lot more on Prairie View wanting to get that game in there. But oftentimes they have that week. They used to have the week at the end of the year where a lot of teams would try to find a way to get it done. But now with the expansion of the league, there's really not a lot of room for makeups unless they do it during the week. And that happens to be something that both coaches have to agree upon. As you know, finances is a decision maker. Do you bring your team back out there? And so that's another part of it. How much is ah. the team going to want to go back on the road uh, to play a game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. I've seen what a lot of teams will do is they will at least play maybe one of the games um, at when, if the second half or wherever they're going. But the problem you get now, these rain, up, rain outs this weekend are part of the second half. So they were the return trip. Uh, and so essentially for Southern and Texas Southern, they end uh, their record two and two. Because remember earlier, Southern got two out of three uh, from Texas Southern here in Houston with two uh, big uh, comebacks, if you would, late in two of those games to get two out of three at the time. And so I don't know what that would look like, but I've seen in some cases uh, ahead of time where a team may have canceled the game in the first part that they will go ahead and at least play one additional game on the road. So they'll be able to, you know, have four games. We've seen that stuff happens with doubleheaders, but uh, not much more than that. It'll be interesting because this is kind of new. Last year, everything was able to pretty much get done, and so it'll be fascinating to see what that looks like. So, great question. Yeah, it's very uh, interesting to me. I, uh, when you start taking a look at, especially uh, this past weekend's games, even with the rainouts, um, the wheat is separated from the chaff, if you will. You take a look at the SWAC East, uh, Bethune-Cookman, Alabama State, and Florida A&M. Uh, they've really taken a foothold of, of race over there in the SWAC East. Those are the three teams to watch. 
But things, I think, are still just completely playing out over there in the SWAC West. It's very interesting uh, taking a look at uh, the teams over there in the SWAC West. Uh, Grambling, uh, 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 on top of the SWAC West right now. And Prairie View's right there on the hills there. A game back. Texas Southern is two games back uh, in the loss column uh, when you take a look at uh, – uh, where they are in the standings in, in Southern, still lurking, still lurking around. So they still have uh, some work to do. Big weekend, uh, this upcoming weekend against Graham. Uh, but I, I know, Dr. Bill, my focus this weekend, uh, Bethune-Cudman heading to Montgomery. That's going to be a, a, a matchup of heavyweights when you take a look at this weekend. Good stuff, good stuff. We'll get a chance to maybe get a little more in terms of some of the big matchups. On the other side, we'll come back and talk about what, Charles thinks about those scores that we've seen, and we'll break down a little more about the race that you're hinting to. Stick with us. We'll be right back after our second break. We'll come back on the other side, give a little more D1 talk in terms of swag. Let's get into it. Stick with us. Be right back after this second break. Nope. Nope. Come on, him. Ooh, I like him. The quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Newman College is an HBCU in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where we prepare students for a different world. Stillman is a college of distinction for last year and this year. Our largest majors are business and biology, followed closely by psychology, criminal justice, and history for pre-law, communications, English, and religion. Our newest degree programs are in the Department of Computational Sciences, which covers cybersecurity, data analytics, and math. The Biomedical Academy prepares students for competitive entry into health professions and graduate programs. We have established summer biomedical research internships with major research institutions, such as the University of Alabama, Drexel and Temple Universities in Philadelphia, the Salk Institute in San Diego, California, and the Universities of Florida, Indiana, and Iowa. We became creative with social distancing and masks for the pandemic. Our students enjoy movie nights at the stadium and the new Melissa N. Davis Legacy Courtyard 
where you can eat and enjoy friends. We have the Divine Nine Greek Letter Organizations, student government leadership and ambassadors. Our small class sizes, nurturing faculty, and friendly environment let you know that Black Lives Matter at Stillman College each and every day. Applications are free. Sign up at discover.stillman.edu. Complete the contact card and apply today. Stillman College, where we prepare students. For a different world. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot left and root about. So listen to Professor Yesa yes, and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. <laughs> this is Dr. Gaville with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Back for this third segment. Let's get into the Western Division race here. Uh, let me break this down as you kind of tease this out, but let me get a little more depth. Let's start in the Western Division. Um, sitting in the fourth spot. Well, let me just give you all six. It's not a lot. Auckland mm -hmm. State is sitting at two and 14 uh, at the bottom. Right above them is Arkansas Pine Bluff at three and 12. Southern is sitting at seven and five. Texas Southern above them at eight and five, a half a game, if you would. Prairie View. Um, is sitting in the second spot at 10 and 4. But that's only a game above in terms of the loss column. But they played two more games than Texas Southern and three more games than Southern. Grambling is in first at 12 and 3, 15 games there. Um, so uh, Prairie View is actually a game and a half back, even though they're just one game behind them in the loss column. Uh, Grambling has played two more games than Prairie View. So we're going to really get into this percentage uh, race and not just overall record in conference. Um, so Bramlin's at 80%, Prairie's at 71, Texas Southern at 61, um, Southern at 58, just to give you an indication of those percentage, and that's winning percentage of what that looked like. So it'll be fascinating to see what goes on there. I think more interesting is Bramlin's on a four-game win streak, Prairie on three, and Texas Southern on one. Going yeah. into the Eastern uh, Division here, it's 11 and 2. Now, let me start at the bottom, as I always tell and tease it up. Alabama AM, as hot as they started with the, taking two out of three from Jackson, what we thought was good, we'll see Jackson is struggling. So we understand that wasn't the case for AM. They're at 2 and 11. Mississippi Valley is one, um, excuse me, at 4 and 14. Jackson State is ahead of them in terms of less losses, but tied with them on the win at 4-11. and 11. FAMU, as you get in the top two, three teams that are really battling out, are at 12-3, and, and three, the Rattlers are, uh, as so is Alabama State, also at 12-3. and three. And just a game above them, if you would, is Bethune-Cookman at 11-2. So it's really a close race in terms of what that looks like as Alabama State is a game behind. Uh, what that is, all those teams in terms of Alabama State family have played 15, but Bethune Cookman has only played 13 in regards to those rainouts. So mm. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about your concerns 
in regards to those first day scores that I rolled off in the second segment, go ahead and get into it. Yeah, well, uh, you know, the thing that jumped out at me with the Friday scores were uh, the football scores. You got Alabama State beating Jackson State 24 to 7, Texas Southern on top of Southern 11 to 1, Prairie View, whoops, uh, Pine Bluff 14 to 1. I mean, Bethune Cookman 13 to 2 over Valley. Uh, the only baseball score, if you will, is FAMU and Alabama AM. So the question that jumped out for me was, were the Aces pitching Friday? Because you just don't normally see, you know, football scores on a Friday. And, and I know Omar Melendez was pitching for Alabama State. I was following that uh, a little bit, uh, a little closer. Kobe got pretty good pitcher for Jackson State in terms of one of their better pitchers, but uh, he got roughed up Friday. And you talk about uh, Southern, their pitcher got roughed up uh Pine Bluff got roughed up. It, it just jumped out at me that these scores were so uh, out of the norm, if you will, on a Friday. I wonder if the weather is playing a part of this. All these rainouts, uh, is, is that really something that is throwing off the pitches in terms of their normal rotation mm -hmm. and how the coaches are trying to deal with it and mixing things up? Because you're right. Usually on a Friday is when you think you're going to see your closer games because you have the two aces. And they tend to be top, and there's not necessarily a lot of distance between the aces across the league. It's maybe your third game on Sunday if a team doesn't have the pitching depth where that can get out of hand. In this case, you actually had two closer games on Sundays the way it just played out. So uh, some something is going on here that's a little different in regards to uh, some of these scores and games. So the fascinating uh, I'll have to get on the phone and see if we can get some updates from coaches, what their thoughts, and bring it back to you all and, and see if we can find out something and take a deeper dive, get Mike to do a little bit of his data analysis, if he would, uh, on it as well. So, so much is fascinating when you talk about what's going on in terms of these races. With that being said, uh, in some ways uh, – Let me ask this question, Doc. What? Uh, the, the, the top eight teams are, are the teams that go uh, to the SWAC baseball tournament, correct? So is it time to start, start getting into a little bit of scoreboard watching when you start taking a look at those bottom three teams uh, or standings watching, if you will, those bottom three teams in both the SWAC East and SWAC West? Uh, you got uh, Jackson State, uh, Alabama a and Valley below the Mendoza line, if you will, on the East. And then in the West, uh, Southern. Arkansas Pine Bluff and Arkansas and Alcorn all below the Mendoza line. But what's going to be fascinating is Jackson State and Southern. Will they, you know, put their foot on the gas at some point to try to make it and uh, 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 make it in turn into the tournament uh, over the uh, next few weeks? I like that. I like that because I think it's a little different. I think in the West, uh, I think Southern is pretty safe. I think yeah. they're going to get in. Yeah. The question is going to be more about C. Uh, that's why it was tough not to see that Texas Southern Southern matchup play. Uh, it'll give us a little more differential to see um, where Southern really is. Uh, but I think there's still some be battle to be played. Southern can make a move at least to third, and maybe they can find a way to get hot. They still got Prairie View, so they can make a little yeah. room there yeah. uh, in terms of stuff. As you said, they have Grambling this weekend. So if they're going to make a move, it's probably now. But I think they're safe to be in the tournament at worst you know, four seed in the Western Division. Uh, I think it's a little more different and ch challenging to sit in Eastern. I think that's where it gets a little uh, yep. intriguing, that battle between Jackson State and Mississippi Valley. Both teams are at four wins. Um, and so um, huge differential in terms of losses. 
Valley has three more losses, but can they get a good series, uh, if you would? And if Jackson State continues to struggle, you can see that sport fourth spot uh, really in a position. I think Alabama A&M, they're a little too far out to me to make it. I guess it's just two games, so maybe they can make them run out of it. I'm starting to watch in terms of Jackson State at 4-11, and then you have Arkansas Pine Bluff at 3-12 and in conference. Uh, those are the, the two teams that I'm really paying attention to in terms of weekend series, this upcoming uh, series. I pay a little bit more attention to Arkansas Pine Bluff and Texas Southern to see if Pine, Pine Bluff can uh, at least take two or three. And then you got the same sort of dynamic with Jackson State and Alabama a and uh, Both of those teams need to have an impressive showing at least uh, win the series this weekend to sort of uh, – because uh, I think they're the two that are going to be fighting it out for this A spot. Yeah, I, I think in terms of the East, is more intriguing in terms of the matchup. I think uh, between Bethune-Cookman, Alabama State, and FAMU, when they play Jackson State Valley and Alabama A&M, they all must get the two out of three. But they're looking at trying to get the sweep because that one loss can be the difference in terms of them finishing and winning their division mm-hmm. or draw away to third. Uh, and so you think about that third is going to be a matchup with the number two team in the West. And that could be significant versus uh, you find a way to stay at the top of the Eastern Division. And you're playing the number four team in the West. And so mm-hmm. I agree with you. It's going to be fascinating to see what these teams at the bottom. Now, in the West, I think it's a little more fluctuated. Obviously, Grambling Prairie View is going to be an interesting race to see in terms of what that looks like. But if you talk about the loss column, Texas Southern and Southern are just two games behind. They're two games behind, Bradley. exactly. So, yeah. um, in terms of the loss, obviously, you're going to have to get into the percentages to see what that means in terms of number of games played if you can make it up in the win column. But if you can get a series, uh, take two out of three, you're literally right back in the race. You're, you're moving from four to possibly two uh, in just a weekend series. If you can find a way to get a sweep, it's going to be fascinating. But I think it becomes even more important uh, in the Western Division as you talk about. When you go and play Arkansas Pine Bluff or Alcorn State, you got to find a way to bring out the broom. Prairie View, to their credit, they play Pine Bluff. They've taken all six games. So that's six wins that they've been able to make sure they stack up. Uh, They've taken three for Alcorn. They played them again. They want to find a way to get those wins. You get, you know, six wins. Uh, between those two, that's 12 wins. You, you can have some room for error against Grambling, Texas Southern Southern if you're doing that, right? Uh, yeah, and so I'm right. fascinated to see what that looks like uh, when these other teams, Grambling, Prairie View, and Southern play Arkansas Pine Bluff and Alcorn. Can they do that? You already seen Grambling kind of slip up against Alcorn. Southern lost one to Alcorn, right? So it'll be fascinating to see how much that hurts them down the stretch particularly now that we're playing the percentage game versus just uh, overall record where you can look at a lot more of the head-to-head and, and get your bust there. Uh, let me ask this question. Who do you think is the more vulnerable uh, division leader right now when you take a look at uh, Bethune-Cookman or Graham? Uh, it has to be Bethune-Cookman. You just talked about them going to Montgomery this weekend. It's a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, those teams play tough. Uh, it's hard to sweep FAMU, Alabama State, and Bethune-Cookman when they face each other. So you're talking about two and three, and they're going on the rate on the road. I think the most vulnerable is Bethune Cookman, even though they're playing probably the best baseball. But let's let's keep it a buck. 
Alabama State fam, you're not playing bad baseball either. I think fam, you has a great <laughs> opportunity this weekend playing Valley to vault themselves right into uh, right. first place. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's not enough room there. And slightly behind that, uh, Grambling, I think they're playing some really good baseball. So uh, they don't have a lot of room for error. Uh, but we'll see this weekend. They have the old rivalry game. It's in Baton Rouge. As long as they can get the field ready, I'm sure they're exercising that because Southern does not want to lose any more games because they're right. oh, be in trouble of not just making the percentages uh, to get in the tournament in terms of those games lost there. So that is something to keep your mind on. So I'll be watching that pretty clearly this weekend. Let's take our last break. We'll come back on the other side and talk about a little bit of those uh, series give you some softball updates, uh, just at least to give you some breakdown to see what's uh, going on. Obviously, everybody's eyes on Prairie View as they had the win streak. Can they keep it going? We'll give you those updates on the other side and just see how much of that momentum continues and give you a glimpse also in the Eastern Division to see who's uh, taking control of that as well. Stick with us after our last break. We'll be back on the other side to close things out and give you some of the games to watch. Give me some updates on softball and let you know how the world turns. Stickers will be right back after this last break. It's been difficult because I hadn't been able to see my grandchildren. An expression on someone's face when you do something nice for them. I miss all my friends in school. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccine. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember they can use less. Sweet pillars of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew. Five-star backyards, Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pine. If it doesn't have this yellow tag, you don't want it. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot left. And who the ball? So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill. Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment, as you know. But that being said, before we get in this last segment, I'd be remiss if I didn't give us those listeners. That is Edwin D. Moore, Silas Edwin McMorris, Emma Price, G. Collin, Chuck Hunt, Ricky Burton, uh, all in the house as always. Karen Griffin uh, getting it done. Willie Alex Hines uh, in the building. Jimmy L. Wilson, I see you, Wilson, uh, getting in here. And Miss Wendy Jenkins Bishop, thanks for uh, following the show live and checking us out. With that being said, let's start out over there with North Carolina A&T on the softball side. Oh, man, they take the show on the road, and Townsend brings out the brooms. 
they lose the first one, one to five, second one, nine to two, I should say, and the first one was five to one, nine to two, and they lose a close one on the third one, three to two, as they couldn't quite get a game and matchup, which means they fall to five and two overall, sitting at 12 and 29, and that is five and 10, I should say, in the conference race. Uh, obviously losing three straight with the sweep. They sit in the eighth spot of the 11-team uh, race in terms of what looks like they're in the Colonial. In the OVC, Tennessee State is faring a little better in their conference races. They are six and eight. They've lost two straight uh, as it goes down for them as they sit in the fifth position in the conference race. Uh, they win the first game against Southern Illinois, Evansville, uh, as they win a close one, tough one, two to one. Then they lose uh, the second game, eight to six, and the final one, four to three. So tough going there as they could not get it done, which puts them in the fifth spot in the uh, nine-team race, if you would, in softball for the Ohio Valley in terms of what that looks like. Uh, let's get into the MEAC races. Morgan State continues to hold it down. They sit at 10 and 1, 20 and 13 over one, overall. They won their last three games, so they sweep their opponent this week, which was big for them. Uh, North Carolina Central, uh, as they uh, take two out of three, they're a game behind at 11 and 2. So uh, they have righted the ship, if you would, in terms of getting it going. Uh, it starts to move apart a little bit after that. Norfolk State is 9 and 5. Uh, and just to give you the top four teams, you have Maryland Eastern Shore at six and four in terms of some of the races there uh, as we look at softball for the MEAC. should be fascinating to let you know how things are going there. In terms of Prairie View update, they've lost their first game in the wow. stack, and it took the third wow. game of the series <laughs> as they fall to 17 and one uh, in terms of that matchup as they couldn't quite get it done, and they really get pushed uh, to the brink. Grambling is the uh, team that gives Prairie View the first loss of the season. They win the first one as they do dominate it on Friday, 12-3. Then you have the double series. They win the second one, so they do take two out of three of the series, 3-0. and They lose the last one, 9-1, as Grambling really pushes it around. Credit to Grambling uh, for sticking into it. Uh, which means Grambling, if any team was going to beat Prairie View, it probably would be Grambling. They sit in the second spot, uh, but they are five games behind in terms of the loss column as they sit at 11 and 6. But kudos to Grambling as they get it done. Uh, Texas Southern is sitting in the third spot at 9 and 9. All the other teams uh, starting with Southern in the fourth spot in terms of the top four teams going. Uh, Southern is 7 and 10, but it should be fascinating in terms of another one to figure out who's that fourth slot because Alcorn State is a 6-11 right behind Southern to see if they can find a way to sneak in that fourth spot. So we'll keep eyes on that. You talk about the East. At the very top, there's another close race between Alabama State and FAMU. Alabama State currently holds the top spot as they are 12-6. and six. FAMU, the Rattlers, are 10-5. Uh, so a game back, but they played two less uh, games on the win side there. Uh, and then you have Bethune Cookman right there as well at 12 and 7. So they're a game behind, uh, if you would, even though they played one more game, they have one more loss uh, in terms of Alabama State. 
And then you have Alabama A&M at nine and six. Behind them is Jackson State at eight and seven. So again, you have another race for that fourth spot uh, between Alabama A&M and Jackson State in terms of what that looks like in the South. Anything that you have to say about softball? Any? I broke it all down, at least in terms of records. A couple of uh, weekend series I told you about. Uh, any general thoughts you have on softball across the board? First of all, uh, shout out to uh, these programs in terms of getting it done both on the baseball diamond and the softball diamond. Now, let me say Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman uh, all playing great uh, baseball and softball. And same thing, Prairie View, Grambling, uh, Texas Southern all playing great uh, uh, baseball and softball. Uh, shout out to Grambling. Uh, it's tough to break that glass ceiling that, uh, to get that first loss pinned on Prairie View. So uh, kudos to them to uh, getting that win. And a uh, big weekend uh, this come upcoming weekend in terms of Bethune-Cookman and Alabama State on the baseball side of things. Doc. Looking forward to that series. We'll see how much of a beneficiary the family Rattlers can be from uh, what's going on in Montgomery this weekend. Good stuff, good stuff. Let's jump right into it then. Uh, Friday begins this uh, latest series as we get into week uh, seven, the third week, the second weekend of the second half of the season, if you would. So fascinating to see what this starts with. Uh, first up, let's go to the East Division. You have Mississippi Valley State on the road at FAMU and Tallahassee. As you see where Tallahassee in terms of FAMU rallies, where they are in the race. So um, they need to find a way to get out the rooms. Can they get it done at home? You would think there's a shot there. Uh, Jackson State and Alabama A&M. Uh, Alabama A&M is going to make the move to see if they can itch for that fourth spot. This is the time to get it done. Jackson State, this is a series they really need to find a way. Badly. Uh, it's more than just two out of three. They got to find a way to really sweep, which solidifies them more than not to be in the fourth spot. If not, it's going to continue to linger along and uh, linger along and battle down the stretch uh, to make sure they get that fourth spot. And I tell you, that first weekend series where Alabama A&M took two or three from Jackson State and Jackson, it really set the tone, if you will, uh, for Jackson State in terms of playing swag baseball this uh, this past season, it's been a really rough go. Uh, they really need this series badly at Alabama A&M. Ooh, good one. And so you got to believe Alabama A&M, even though uh, they haven't fared well as late, they, you think they're going to come in a little bit of confidence, what they were able to do, like you said, that first series. It's a long time ago. Yeah. So things certainly can change. The last game on the Eastern Division is the one to keep your eyes on. As you see, I kind of uh, did it purposely. Saved it for last. In this case, it certainly is the best for the last. Bethune, Cookman, and Alabama State. The Wildcats go on the road to Montgomery. Mm. This is going to be a fascinating. This matchup has been good for the years. There'll be a lot of chattering in those dugouts as these teams like to kind of throw back to old swag, I would say, uh, particularly if you wanted. I know you're fascinated when you see in, uh, the World Baseball Classic with the teams out of the Caribbean. It reminds you of the Negro League days. Uh, this yeah. is a case where you might get a little bit of that mixed up in here as well. Yeah. Similar when you see Jackson State and Grambling play each other, even though that would be a non-divisional game when they play in Witten County Conference standings. So this is a little different because it means more. Uh, first place is on the line. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup, Charlie? The number one and number two pitching teams in the SWAC, uh, Alabama State comes in with a team ERA of 473, but Thule Cookman 5.46. Interestingly enough, 
Alabama State, the number one batting team in the SWAC. Uh, they come in batting 320. They also have one of the top base dealers in the nation. Uh, he is number two in the nation, if I'm not mistaken. So it uh, should be a fascinating weekend. Take a look at Alabama State and Bethune-Cookman. I'm looking forward to this series to see who kind of takes a stranglehold uh, in the SWAC East. Yeah, let's go into the, um, if you would, the Western division of some of these teams. Uh, you have Alcorn State of Prairie View. This is another game where Prairie View was able to sweep three from Alcorn earlier. Um, if they want to kind of get fat on the cat, if you would, in terms of the nipping food, uh, Prairie View needs to find a way to bring out the brooms. It's always tough. It's not like the Braves have not continued to play hard. They did get a game from Southern. They used Zample as well as Grambling let you know that they're not just going to be an easy out, even right. though, oddly enough, they lost two out of three to Pine Bluff. Prairie View has to find a way to get it done there at home. Uh, they hadn't been at home in a while. Can they make it work in terms of what that looks like to give them a little cushion as they go down the stretch to try to make a run in the position for the Western Division? With that being said, you have Arkansas, Pine Bluff, and Texas Southern in Houston. This is another one where Texas Southern wants to find a way to bring out the brooms and get the sweep yeah. against the Pine Bluff team that's struggling up late. Yeah. You can't give them confidence. you got to find a way to kind of knock them out early. And then the one that all we want to watch uh, is just the robbery game. Obviously, Southern seems to be struggling late, but they find a way. You let them and keep them in the game. They find a way to dig deep late in the game and get some crucial wins that you probably would think they shouldn't find a way to get. Uh, Grambling is wanting to find a way to put the nail in the coffin. They took two out of three at home on the first series, so they get a chance to go back. Can they put a dominating series together against the Jaguars to make a statement that they're going to push for the top spot? I'm fascinating in this matchup, but with that said, where are you with the teams playing in the West? Big weekend for Grambling in terms of making a statement uh, because, let's be honest, over the past few years, it has been Southern, uh, Texas Southern, uh, and, and now Prairie View has gotten themselves back in the mix in, in terms of uh, being one of those top teams in the Swag West. Uh, big weekend for Grambling to really make a statement in terms of uh, taking two of three or taking the weekend series, if you will, from Southern uh, to solidify their position in terms of being one of the better teams in the Swag West. So uh, looking forward to watching that series and seeing how it plays out. Good stuff. Great points. That'll bring it uh, close for us today in terms of these matchups here. With that being said, thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends or colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Camille, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop as Mike is out on assignment. We'll see if we can get him back into the lab in the studio uh, on Thursday as we give you your latest and greatest updates for HBCU Sports. Uh, so look forward as we discuss the latest in the news. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cabill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-B-I-L. Again, that's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-B-I-L. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. That's Facebook and YouTube. Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Lecture. I'm gonna go back to you, Charles. Let's finally get to do it. <laughs> Dismissed. <laughs>